0: Good afternoon, this is Mrs. Reynolds, and this is the study guide podcast for microbiology for the exam number one, which covers chapters one, three, four, five, and nine for fall of 2021. So I'm going to go through the guide with you and tell you what to focus on as far as each section and some of the definitions. Make sure that you know the three domains of life. The three major domains are domain eukarya, domain bacteria, and domain archaea. Domain eukarya, U means true because it has a true membrane-bound nucleus. All of the below would have a true nucleus, for example. The four major kingdoms, which are kingdom fungi, kingdom protozoan or protista, kingdom plantae, and kingdom... So, we said fungi protozoan plantae and kingdom animalia which are human cells these all have a true nucleus kingdom fungi includes mushrooms molds and yeasts fungi have a cell wall some of the fungal infections include ringworm which is caused by a fungal mold yeast infections thrush and esophagitis caused by candida albicans And these tend to affect immunocompromised patients and are referred to as opportunistic infections. Kingdom protista or protozoans include tapeworms, amoeba, and other parasites. They do have a cell wall and some infectious disease examples include trichomonas vaginalis, a modal protozoan STD, entamoeba histolytica, an amoeba that is associated with gastroenteritis. The trophozoite is the living modal feeding stage and the cyst is the infectious and diagnostic stage. Acanthamoeba species, which causes contact lens contamination and can cause infection of the eye called keratitis and in rare cases, meningitis. Niglaria fowleri, an amoeba that lives in freshwater. is associated with algal blooms. It is fatal and it can cause meningitis. Ballantidium coli causes gastroenteritis. It is the only ciliated protozoan that causes intestinal infection in humans. *Enterobius vermicularis. This causes pinworms or seatworms, which results in anal itching, especially in kids. The jelly bean shaped eggs are recovered with the scotch tape prep test. solium is tapeworm. It is found in undercooked pork and undercooked beef that has been contaminated with the tapeworm. Trypanosoma cruzi causes Chagas disease. It is carried by the arthropod kissing bug or the reduviate bug. Note, domestic pets can transmit parasites to humans and this is very common and is a common way that We as humans do get infected with some parasites at some times. Kingdom plantae or plant cells. Plant cells have a cell wall and plant cells are unique because they perform photosynthesis and result in the formation of oxygen which we breathe. Kingdom animalia include animal and human cells. They have a cell membrane but they do not have a cell wall. So human cells, animal cells, have a cell membrane, but no, they do not have a cell wall. Their structure includes membrane-bound organelles. This means that they are surrounded by a membrane. They have mitochondria, the energy powerhouses of the cell, because they make ATP energy on the cristae, which are the folds of the mitochondria. Ribosomes are the sites of protein synthesis, They can be free in the cytoplasm or attached to the rough endoplasmic reticulum, which is connected to the nucleus and is a set of flattened membranous tubules where proteins are made and altered. The nucleus is the command and control center of the cell that houses the DNA and RNA in the form of chromosomes and genes. The smooth endoplasmic reticulum is also a system of flattened tubules and membranes and channels that are involved in the synthesis of lipids and oils and oily vitamins and hormones. The Golgi apparatus is a set of about six or seven flattened membranous tubules and is considered the UPS system of the cell because it receives, labels, alters, repackages, puts a signal on, and prepares proteins for the shipment in little vesicles out of the cell. The vacuole is a large storage unit. It can store water, pigments, or vitamins. The lysosomes are the garbage disposals of the cell because they break down cell debris. They have potent enzymes that can digest microbes. It can break down alcohol. So we have a lot of lysosomes and peroxisomes in our liver, where all of that detoxification of um, parts of, of medications and vitamins that we don't need anymore are broken down and where things like alcohol are broken down. The cytoskeleton is the cellular scaffolding and support and shape and structure. It gives the cell shape. It holds the cell together. It is just like our skeleton in our body. The cell wall is a thick, Barrier surrounding some eukaryotes, but not all animal cells. It just surrounds the cell wall of fungi, protozoans, and um, fungi, protozoans, but not eukary, not the animal cells. It maintains turgor pressure in plant cells. It keeps everything inside. The cell membrane is also referred to as the cell envelope or the plasma membrane. It is a bilayer, which is a two-layer of phospholipids embedded with cholesterol for support and channel proteins for transport of the larger molecules across the cell. Under domain archaea, these include kingdom prokaryotes. Pro means before nucleus, so there is no nucleus. They lack a nucleus. You will find inside some genetic information. It is a round chromosome, and in bacteria, you're gonna have extracellular chromosomes called plasmids, which are little circular structures that carry genes like antibiotic resistance genes that they can share with other bacteria. Under kingdom prokaryote, under domain archaea, these are the extremophiles. You're gonna find these in places like the gut, where they have endospores, the soil endospore-forming bacteria, thermal hot springs like the beautiful springs and geysers in Yellowstone National Park, in caves, in rusticles such as the sunken Titanic, in volcanoes, in ice, in glaciers, in swamps at the bottom of the ocean, in the thermal vents, the um, ocean under pressure, places where there's no oxygen, no light, very salty areas like the Dead Sea or the Great Salt Lake, any of these places that are very, very extreme in temperature and condition, you will find ancient extremophile archaea. Um, under bacteria, same thing. These are pro before nucleus. They lack a nucleus. Some examples of bacteria include cyanobacteria, the blue-green algae. They perform photosynthesis, staphylococci, streptococci, spirochetes, and bacilli or rods. For bacterial structure, all bacteria have flagella, which are whip-like appendage or tails to propel them through aqueous and viscous environments for motility, motion, and movement. All of them have or fimbriae, which are Velcro-like structures that enable them to stick to surfaces and stick to each other and form chains and clusters and that sort of thing. They all have cell envelope or a cell membrane which is also the phospholipid bilayer membrane, which serves as a boundary and keeps everything inside. It is picky and selectively permeable about what it lets in and out. It also has a nucleoid, which is just a central area where the round bacterial chromosome is coiled up in. You have a cell wall. It contains either a thick or thin layer of peptidoglycan sugar. It is thick and gram-positive, and it is thin in gram-negative bacteria. Only gram-negative bacteria have a layer of lipopolysaccharide, LPS, or endotoxin, which is responsible for the symptoms of sepsis and shock, fever, neutrophilia, and a drop in blood pressure. Ribosomes are free in the cytoplasm, and this is for protein synthesis. The cytoplasm is a water-based gel-like matrix inside the cell where all of the different components are sitting in. Some bacteria, but not all of them, some of them have a capsule. This is either loose or dense fitting. The dense fitting one is hard, but the loose fitting one is slimy and is referred to as an S-layer or slime layer of glycocalyx that makes it slimy, sticky, and mucoid. It forms plaque on the teeth the biofilms in IV or urinary catheters. Also, some have a conjugation pilus, which forms a conjugation bridge or tunnel to which the bacteria can share genetic information back and forth with each other, such as plasmids and antibiotic resistance genes and fertility plasmids. None of them have a nucleus. None of them have membrane-bound organelles. In terms of bacterial morphology, that term means structure or shape. Cocci are round spheres, streptococci are in chains, staphylococci are in grape-like clusters, diplococci are in pairs of two, tetrads are packs of four, sarcinae are packs of eight, and cocoa bacilli are egg-shaped or oval. Bacilli are rod-shaped, they are long. Some of them branch, some of them are very thin in filaments. Some are more oval shaped. The third shape is Spirilla or Spirochete. These are spiral shaped or corkscrew shaped bacteria. Some of them have one flagella, some have one at each end and some of them have flagella all over their surface. They color due to stains. So when you look under the slide, the gram positive, P positive is purple, So associate with P with purple. Gram negative stain a pink red. So think of gram negative. Negative is angry. Gram negative stain a pink red. The term cell is cellular. They are living. Cells are the basic fundamental unit of life. The level at which cells are considered to be living or alive. Non-cells. Ah means against. Uh, Acellular means non-living. Viruses and prions are non-living infectious particles or infectious disease molecules. They're not considered to be alive because they hijack the host cell machinery and ribosomes in order to replicate. They're easily killed by Lysol. They're easily killed by alcohol or alcohol-based hand sanitizers, especially if they're enveloped viruses. They're not killed by antibiotics. They are um, not, it won't work. So you must not prescribe antibiotics for viral infections. Some examples of viruses are the norovirus. It's the stomach bug. It causes vomiting and or diarrhea. This spreads very easily, but it is not easy to kill or treat. Other things are easy to kill. HIV, COVID virus, hepatitis are all easily killed by alcohol-based hand sanitizers and wipes and sprays and that sort of thing on surfaces, Um, but viruses are not easily killed by antibiotics because they have a completely different structure, so you cannot use antibiotics to treat viral infections. Some antivirals will, if you catch them early on, you can take them and they will reduce the symptoms, but they're not going to make the virus go away. The viruses have structure or shape. They all have a shape. They all have DNA or RNA, but never both at the same time. It's going to be one or the other. They're all surrounded by a protein capsid shell, and that capsid is made up of subunits called capsimeres. Some, not all of them, have a lipid envelope that they gain from the host cell membrane when they bud out as newly assembled particles But the naked virus particles do not have a lipid envelope. They are strictly the nucleic acid, which is DNA or RNA, surrounded by the protein capsid shell. They all have glycoprotein spikes. These enable them to dock onto host cell receptors so that they can get inside and invade host cells. Their shapes are either round, spherical, or icosahedral, which includes 20 faces or sides. Now, viruses follow a stage of infection. The first stage is adsorption, which is docking onto the host cell receptors. The second stage is entry or uncoding, where they release their viral DNA or RNA into the host cell. The third stage is replication, where uh, DNA or RNA of the virus makes a copy of itself Assembly is when the new virus particles are assembled and budding or release is when the new particles leave the host cell by exocytosis in little vesicles. RNA viruses are highly subject to mutation because they do not have the DNA proofreading enzyme called DNA polymerase. So everything from COVID-19 to influenza virus to the retroviruses like HIV that causes AIDS, to some of the hepatitis viruses, they um, are unable to repair themselves and so they mutate very rapidly, the common cold mutates very rapidly and this is why we have been unsuccessful or it takes a long time to develop vaccines or the vaccines are needed frequently because of that whole process. HIV, the retrovirus, brings reverse transcriptase enzyme with it into the host cell so it can make DNA from RNA, which is backwards. Normally, DNA makes, makes a copy of DNA um, or DNA will make um, a messenger RNA transcript. But in this case, it's backwards. DNA is being made from RNA and this is the only virus to be able to do that. Oncoviruses are linked to cancer. Cytopathic effects are the changes that happen to cells when they are infected with viruses and the damage it causes to them, and it changes their appearance and their shape. Syncytia is virus-infected cells that fuse into a giant cell with, with giant multinuclei. They're a big clump together. Provirus is when viral DNA has been incorporated into the chromosome. So you now have a new transcript of information with viral DNA plus um, the chromosome. And in this case, it can remain in the body forever. It can remain in the nerve endings. Sometimes it reactivates later on, but it is stuck in those cells now as provirus. The term oncogenic means that virus has damaged the genetic information. Transformation means that the virus-infected cell is now changed and now it's going to divide more rapidly. Uh, This causes irritation and is why some viruses are linked to cancer. Bacteriophages are viruses that infect bacteria and it makes them even more toxic. There are two phases of this um, bacteriophage. Lysogeny phase is where they remain in the body without actively causing disease So once you are infected with HSV-1 or 2 or HPV-1 or 2, that stays in your body forever. Vericella virus stays in the body. This is VZV. That can reactivate later on as shingles, um, or it may never reactivate, but that's why they give people who have had the chickenpox a vaccine later on in life to help prevent shingles. A lytic phase is an actively dividing Flare up like shingles appearing again years later after the chicken pox. A virion is a newly assembled virus particle. Prions are infectious particles or misfolded proteins that are associated with kuru, mad cow disease, in sheep, and coitzfeldt-jacob disease in humans. It is unfortunately rapidly fatal, usually in less than a year after diagnosis. Viroids are virus, infectious disease, particles that infect plants only, but not humans. The tobacco mosaic virus is an example of this. Make sure that you know the steps of the scientific method in order to be able to define or describe each step. So that's um, examples of. These steps are observation, hypothesis, experiment, data, results, and conclusion, And their descriptions are that observations are using your senses to ask questions, to rule something out, recognizing signs and symptoms, what you see, what you feel, um, you notice swelling, you may notice a rash, you may notice redness, Um, the patient tells you they're feeling nauseous, short of breath, tired, fatigued, um, that they're experiencing diarrhea, those are symptoms. So, observation is gathering all of that information. Hypothesis is something that needs to be testable. An educated guess, a tentative explanation. It is either proven correct or incorrect. It is either supported or unsupported. This is something that you use to make a prediction about what you think might it might be or what you want to maybe rule out. The next step is the experiment or tests. These are performed in the medical setting or healthcare clinical setting in a lab. Um, In our setting in the school, we are performing this in a school lab, biology or microbiology lab, or as a simulation online. Um, All of these are different tests or steps and procedures that are performed to test the hypothesis or prediction. The data is the research, it's the information, it is the results that are analyzed and put on a bar graph or a line graph or a pie chart to showcase that information, that statistical information. The next step are the results. This is the test results that are released either in journals, books, websites, the LIS, which is the laboratory information system that you will see or the patient's chart. And the conclusion is either the acceptance or the rejection of the results, your next steps. You're gonna if you're gonna order more tests, modify the hypothesis, come up with another hypothesis, um, create a treatment plan, or create a summary. This is all part of the conclusion. There are some key terms that you need to look up. Make sure that you know their definitions. Be able to match them up with their definitions. These are key words in chapters one and two. You may have picked these for your medical terminology, um, but you'll see them again and again and again, and they're very important. The term ubiquitous means everywhere. Microbes are found everywhere, whether it is a surface, a doorknob, water, um, the air, the dust. Ubiquitous means they could be found pretty much anywhere. The term homeostasis means balance. So this is there's feedback systems, both positive and negative, designed to try to keep everything in balance or neutral. The term sterile, which means free of all living life forms. Usually the autoclave is something that sterilizes things and kills both vegetative bacteria and their endospores so sterilization is an important method Um, you can boil and cool something five times to sterilize it or you can cook things in a pressure cooker under pressure to sterilize it pathogens are disease causing organisms non-pathogens do not cause disease they are beneficial to the environment and human body The scientific method is the step of procedures used to solve a problem or to test something. Aseptic technique is the use of things like hand washing, alcohol-based hand sanitizers, um, disinfectants, sterilization, and asepsis in order to try to reduce or kill the microbial population. includes everything from universal precautions to standard precautions and keeping everything as clean and sterile as possible all of that is part of aseptic technique and it was developed by joseph lister also inventor of listerine mouthwash asepsis is the reduction of microbes on human skin and living tissues the key here is living tissues because you can't put you wouldn't want to just put bleach and wipe it on your skin or um, some of those strong disinfectants or sanitizers. Asepsis is using things that are safe for the skin, such as iodine, alcohol-based hand sanitizer, alcohol wipes, isopropyl, which is rubbing alcohol, in order to reduce the population of microbes on living tissue or skin prior to a blood draw, an injection surgery sutures and that sort of thing sterilization is the removal of all life so that is mainly autoclaving that is at at least 15 pounds of pressure for 15 minutes um so that is the main the basic level um the average is usually 20 pounds for 20 minutes of pressure um just in order to make sure you you kill everything. Some things require a little bit longer time, but you're going to put things like stainless steel in the autoclave in order to kill endospores and vegetative bacteria. Disinfection is the reduction of the microbial population on a surface. Disinfectants are things like bleach and ammonia um, things that you would clean your computer or your lap laptop um, or your surfaces with. Um, and then sanita- sanitization is the use of both mechanical and surfactants in laundry soaps and detergents. This is how you would clean the hospital linens, your dishes. This is your dishwasher, your the laundry mat, your washer dryer and all the chemicals that you're using with soaps and detergents to reduce the microbial population. The term sidal means to kill, and static means you're just reducing the population of. Taxonomy is the science of the classification of living organisms. Nomenclature is the naming of organisms. Binomial, nomenclature. Binomial means two. This is giving something a scientific name. The scientific name includes the genus and the species or specific epithet. Identification is how you identify a microbe and classify it. And again, with this in the medical field, we are mostly concerned with the genus and species. Make sure you know how, to, how it is written, be able to write or recognize the correct writings of a microbe. The genus is capitalized, the species is lowercase, both are italicized. A few examples are Staphylococcus aureus, Clostridioides difficile, and Escherichia coli. The microbiome or microbiota, microflora, this is part of the majority of the microorganisms found on earth and in and on our bodies and most of it these things are beneficial they're not harmful they aid in digestion they produce vitamin K which is a blood clotting factor they help break down our food so 97% both in and on us and in the environment are beneficial they're decomposers they break down trash and they have benefits for the universe Only 3% cause opportunistic infections if the conditions are just right, and really less than 1% are true disease-causing pathogens. The macromolecules in the end of chapter one are the super molecules of life and include the four major categories, carbohydrates, lipids, proteins, and steroids or sterols. The carbohydrates, Included your monosaccharides, disaccharides, polysaccharides, your different sugars, glucose, galactose, fructose, sucrose, um, maltose, and xylose, glycogen, starch, all that kind of stuff. Lipids are your fats. They include fats and oils, um Oils tend to be liquid at room temperature. If they are unsaturated, they are going to be more liquid, whereas the saturated tend to be more of the solids like butters and cheeses. Um, proteins are include four structures. Your primary structure are amino acids strung together like a beaded necklace held together with peptide bonds. The secondary structure form the coils or the alpha helix, the sides of the DNA helix, The beta-pleated sheets form the rungs of the ladder of DNA and are due to base pairs held together by hydrogen bonds. Remember, A pairs with T, G pairs with C, and vice versa. With the tertiary structure, this is a 3D molecule. It is myoglobin in muscles. It is responsible for the pigment. The quaternary structure is 4 d Hemoglobin is carried by red blood cells to carry oxygen in the body. And then you have sterols, which include cholesterol and the sex hormones, testosterone and estrogen. Bacterial endospores are found anywhere in the vegetative bacteria. They form and they are very hardy, they are extreme, they survive extreme conditions. They survive even when the vegetative part of the bacteria has died or been killed by an antibiotic or a cleaner. They're part of the extremophiles. They're not killed effectively by alcohol-based hand sanitizers. So C. diff is not going to be destroyed by an alcohol-based hand sanitizer. It's only going to be destroyed by autoclaving or soap and water. So you have to use sterilization methods in order to kill it. A minimum of 15 minutes under 15 pounds of pressure at greater than 200 degrees Celsius is important for sterilization and killing of endospores. Only the Clostridium species and the Bacillus species produce endospores. In terms of the microscope, in the lab we mostly use the compound bright field light microscope. The benefit is that we can look at things that are living for motion or motility We can only see bacteria and fungi and protozoan and animal cells. We cannot see viruses, so that is one of the downsides. Um, But you can see virus particles in 3D or 2D. You can see them in 3D with the scanning electron microscope, and you can see them in 2D by the transmission electron microscope. But the benefit of the compound bright field light microscope is just being able to look at a drop of water or urine or stool and see motility or motion if something is alive or living Um, so that is our benefit there.